0: This month is a special month. We are hosting Super Coach Immersion event in Austin, Texas. And I am so excited because we got completely sold out. 300 plus amazing souls are going to show up in Austin, Texas. And we're going to have a ball of a time. Our events are where you learn, you grow, you find your next best friend. If you haven't attended our in-person events before, this is your chance to experience the energy, the talks, the transformation that we create at these events, which is why for this episode, I have chosen one of my favorite talks that you get to enjoy from the comfort of your home. Now let's get into something that's going to start our journey in a very interesting way. See, so if you talk to me in 2019, this is right before COVID happened, December 2019, I was sitting down with my annual goals. And most of us do, right? We annually review here, where we are in our journey, and we evaluate whatever different areas of life that we want to evaluate. I wanted to evaluate all of the different areas of my life, including my businesses, right? At that time, I was very successful as a coach myself, as a coach who was doing one-on-one coaching, it was going really, really well. And so was Evercoach. Evercoach was also doing well. We were doing about $3 million in revenue, which is fantastic. Nothing bad about it, right? But... As I sat down with the numbers of that year, I also realized that we were not turning a profit. We were actually loss-making organizations, which was taking away money from my savings. It was something that was eating into the business all the time. Every year, year after year, we hadn't been really profitable for years at that point. Now, as you sit with numbers of a business that you've been in for four years, and you don't turn a profit, and you're a business coach, you can imagine what my thoughts were. It, I was thinking, oh, well, business coach, really? <laughs> can't make your own business work business coach, right? I had just become a father. It's like, will you be able to afford your child? You really? Living in LA at the time, which is incredibly expensive for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> it's not It's not worth it. If you live in LA, I'm sorry. I was like, you can't afford a life here. Eh? You can't, especially if you go to Erewhon. Only the people in LA would get that joke because that thing only exists there, I think. It's basically 30 bucks for a smoothie. Good luck. And so I was looking at myself at that time and I was like, dude, what are you doing? You started this thing four years ago. It's been four years. It's not your first year that you're sitting on a loss-making machine and you're fine because the first time you're doing business is the second, the third, the fourth. Are you not getting the point? Are you not understanding that this is not for you, that maybe it's time to shut it down? Maybe it's time for you to give up on this dream that you had of, oh, I can help other coaches because how much they have impacted my life. I should help them to impact even more lives. Maybe that's not what you're meant to do. Maybe what you're meant to do is go out and coach and that's, that's all that is for you. And that's it. Stop there. Stop. Maybe it is time. See, that day I had two choices. Choice one was to shut it down, was to say this is it and this is the end of it all. The second choice was to make a commitment and to say to myself that if I was going to give it all, I am going to give it all. See, what happens very often with us is we operate from somewhat dreams. We don't operate from absolute dreams. We don't express absolute desires. At least I didn't. I said, I would kind of like to grow my business by 20%. I would kind of like to make a profit. It would be nice to make a profit. You see, when your dreams are small, when your desires are little, the universe just gives you challenges. Because it's testing you. Testing you, is that it? Go, see if you will handle the small stuff. It gives you these little challenges to deal with, like you're not making a profit. Try, let's see if you'll make a little more profit. I'd been operating from that desire for so long that I thought that's the way to operate. But then I sat down with an empty piece of paper and I said, I'm going to write down what I actually desire. I'm going to write down what actually matters to me. I'm not going to decide kind of what I should do in this year, but I'm going to write down what is going to happen in a few years from now. I don't know what timeline it will follow, but this, if I had to just write my desires, I'm going to write it down. I wrote down, Evercoach is going to train 100,000 coaches. I wrote down, Evercoach is going to make $100 million. I wrote down, Evercoach is still going to run like a lean machine with only 30 employees. Evercoach is going to impact millions of lives every day. When I wrote that down, the first thought I had was, fuck off. <laughs> that is not happening. What are you talking about? You're just talking about losing money the two minutes ago. What are you talking about? That's not gonna happen because that's what we do to ourselves, isn't it? Every time we write down a desire, we immediately tell us that it's not gonna happen. Every single time we have a dream, we immediately discount it with logic. See, the first thing I learned about 20Xing myself is to realize that desires are just desires. They don't have to be negotiated. They don't have to be right. They just have to be it. When I still think about when I said I'm going to train 100,000 coaches, I have goosebumps in my hand. You can feel my hair stand up. And that's what a desire is. A desire is the uncompromised, non-negotiated version of whatever is true for you. Do not negotiate with your desires because the moment you do, they're not your desires anymore. What desires are also not is not a checklist. How many of you have set a goal of, I'll lose 10 pounds this year? That's a fucking checklist. How many of you said, oh, if I can make $20,000 more this year, that's a checklist. That's not your desire. Your heart doesn't speak to you that way. And your heart doesn't speak the language of timeline either. It just says, what do I Want an absolute certainty. What do I want the moment I say it? My hair stand up. I don't know if you can zoom into my hair, but you can see it stand up. <laughs> I'll come down so one of you can see it and prove it. Yes. Yes? But that's how desire makes you feel. When was the last time you wrote or thought of a desire that gave you shivers? That made you so excited that you could just go, whoa. That's doing something to me. Not to prove it to anyone, definitely not to be right. How many of us have set desires and immediately said, that's not right, like that's too much? Come on, you've all done that. I've done that all the fucking time, right? Do you think it is right of me to say that I should make $100 million? How many of people would immediately go, fucking moron, he wants to make $100 million? But it gives me goosebumps. I don't give a shit. How many of you might have just said, Oh, who are you to say you're gonna train 100,000 coaches? Who gives you the authority? I don't give a shit. It gives me goosebumps. (laughs) My invitation to you today is to find that desire. Don't negotiate it, don't bullet list it, don't make a checklist. This is going to be the right thing. Don't think about a timeline. Let it give you those goosebumps because those goosebumps are the only thing that creates 20x. Don't settle for growing your business. Don't settle for growing yourself. Explode. It doesn't matter what you've done until now. It really doesn't. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it really doesn't matter what you've done until now because what you're creating is today. Which means you get to start from wherever you feel like you want to start from. And you get to go wherever you feel like you want to go. There is a new future waiting for you today that has nothing to do with your past. Your past doesn't define you. It simply educates you. That's it. That's its only job. But we are so dependent on that bloody thing that we think that is why what we can have in the future. But that's not true. I want to tell you a little story to prove that point. So you see, in 2008, you might have heard this story somewhere else, but in 2008, I joined this little company called Valley. You all know that company? Yeah, you do. Okay, got right. So in 2008, I joined this little startup, 10 people in Malaysia. They were operating out of a, not even a real office. It was like a basically a three-bedroom apartment that they call the office. And they had to put a bed in there to prove that it is actually an apartment, otherwise the government would not like that, right? So it was one of those little startups that you go to. And I chose to go to that startup because I thought, well, I got to learn something new, some new skills. I had an intuition of saying, I think there's future in internet. It was because of some experiences I was having in life, but like future is internet, I need to learn this thing. And in India, there were not any education institutes or companies that knew anything about internet very well. So I asked a friend, and the friend said, well, there's a little company that gives you the offer of travel to Malaysia. You can travel to cities around so you can have a wonderful life, and on the way, you'll work for us, and you can learn something. So I was like, great, I'll go work for this company. I had no idea what they did. Before that time, I had read one book, Who Moved My Cheese?, So I go to this little company, and I go December 2008. the 16th of December, and like you would expect, a few days later, everybody was on vacation because it was Christmas time, and half the company were travelers, so they went back home. I mean, four people that were half of the company, basically. <laughs> so they go back home, and now I'm in the office. I don't have a job role. I'm hired as an intern, so I go to the office every day doing basically nothing. When everybody comes back on the 5th of January, I'm told... Your manager is fired, you are the manager. (laughs) I go, okay, I don't know what that means, but I'm the manager, I'll take the upgrade. (laughs) So I'm acting all manager-like, and so in five days, Vishen and Mike, who was the business partner at the time, are coming back to the office, they're like, you got to prepare the quarterly presentation. I was like, okay, I'll figure out how to make the quarterly presentation. So I make a presentation asking people around, like, what are the numbers? How do I find them? Where do I find them? I make the quarterly presentation, and I'm presenting very confidently like a manager. I wore a shirt that day, too. I was like, manager says, uh, these are the numbers, this is what we did last quarter, so on and so forth. And very confidently, like how Vision is sometimes, is sitting, listening to the presentation and says, well, that's all great, but you're about a $100,000 shot. Like, I am a $100,000 short. I am even a dollar shot. I don't make no money here. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, no, in your numbers, you're a $100,000 shot for your revenue of your department. I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know there was a goal there. I'm just presenting numbers. And I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do? He's like, well, you got to make that up in the next month. I was like, okay, I'll make it up in the next month. Now, I thought this must be really common, right? Because who would tell a new intern, you're a manager, and then you're supposed to make $100,000 in a month. I thought, oh, you just sit in the business and it makes itself. That's how I thought business ran. At least because I didn't know anything about this business or personal growth at that time. Remember, the only book I've read until now is *Move My Cheese, which is a, you know, legendary book. Very deep personal growth. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, all right, fine, I'll figure it out. I'm I'm smart. Or so I thought, I'm smart, right? Hardworking, capable. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm 24. I thought I'm like the shit. I got the manager title. (laughs) Ten days into a job, I must be the shit, right? So I'm like, all right, I'll figure it out. I go, I'll figure it out, and I'm Googling and blogging and whatever the heck, you know, trying to figure it out. First week goes by, I've not figured out anything. The second week goes by, I haven't figured out anything. The third week comes along, and I'm like, next week, you got to make that money somehow. <laughs> else, you're going to go back to India, and you are that kid that walked out on the job, so he's not taking you back. Your mom told you, don't leave. This is a good job you have, but you quit the job. She's going to say, you know, her favorite thing. I told you so. You know, right? The friends are going to be like, ha look, comes the legend. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I'm like, dude, you're screwed. <laughs> and so I, I'm like, all right, what, what am I going to do? And I'm twisting and turning. It's like Saturday night, Sunday night, something like that. And I'm going, all right, so this is the week, bro. Final week. You got to figure this out, right? So I'm, of course, not getting any sleep that night. Now, here's how confident Valley was in me. They didn't even assign me a room when I moved to Malaysia. They gave me a couch. They said, you're going to sleep on this couch in this house where three other people lived. That's how temporary they thought I was. <laughs> Tell them now, 15 years. <laughs> so I'm sleeping on this couch, twisting and turning, obviously up till really late in the night. And one of the roommates, one of the people who actually had a room, comes in next morning and says, hey, let's go to the office together. And we walk into the office together. And he clearly must have realized that I'm in trouble, that I have no idea what I'm doing. He was a business manager of a different thing. So he's walking with me and he goes, he's Spanish. So Ajit, how's that campaign going? Did you cover the $100,000? Do you know how to cover the $100,000? And in my heart, I was like, absolutely, Ajit, you will figure it out. Tell him, yes, I got it. I got it. And thankfully, I didn't say that. What I said was, I have no freaking idea, man. I have no freaking idea. He said, would you like help? How many of us have been in the situation for long enough before asking for help? Three weeks in on a four-week timeline? <laughs> this guy, very cocky. Like, I sure can need help. I can use some help. One knew, I think, that this was the breaking point because he was carrying this really extra-large bag that day and he took out like four DVDs from the bag while we were walking to office, hands it over to me and said, watch this all day today. Your answer is in there. He answered me over the DVDs. All day, I watched those DVDs. It was like different programs, marketing programs, all these internet marketing things that I had no clue until now what to do with. I'm watching these, watching these, watching these, and I find one campaign, i like, this is brilliant. This campaign sounds just about right. So I quickly draft up a campaign. I send it out to the world. One day goes by, second day goes by, third day goes by. Next week, I have that meeting. Next week in the meeting, I'm standing and I'm presenting numbers, presenting numbers, presenting the numbers. And Vishen goes, did you make those $100,000? I said, oh, no, we didn't make the $100,000. We made $120,000 over the weekend. I learned three lessons, or three things, that I want you to remember how to 20x yourself. Because that day, I didn't only make the $120,000. That day, for many, many years to go, we found a model that would make Mindvalley. Because after that, Mindvalley learned how to make aggressive revenue with the same kind of products that they had, does that make sense? Yeah. So the Mind Valley you saw today or see today is based on many campaigns that I'm sure you've experienced because you have bought from it. But those campaigns were developed in those times when we didn't know because what I also didn't know when I made the $120,000 that Mind Valley had never done that before. <laughs> Nobody knew how to do that, and they all had the same DVDs. But here's what is to learn. It's not because I was brilliant. It's because there are three very important things that we must all know the moment we know what is our 20X vision, where we are going, what is our desire, and that is why, who, and how. Why, who, and how. Why is it that your desire will come true? Why is it that you're in the situation that you are in? Why is it that the universe has put you through what it's putting you through? It was hell back then. The three weeks, it was hell. Every single night, I was questioned, why are you here? Why are you here in the discomfort of a different country sleeping on a couch? Why are you here to learn all this stuff that you know nothing about? Why is it that even your manager coincidentally gets fired? Why, why, why? There's a reason why. There's a reason why you have got the desire that you were just given. You don't know why, but you need to know there is a why. You may not know it exactly, and that's okay, because you're in it. You will know it when you have that desire fulfilled. I know today why. I didn't know it then. It sucked like hell. I felt like shit every single day. But today I know why. Ask why are you here. Because there's a reason why, and that will give you the force that you need to stay committed to your desire. Look for who? See, the problem with us is we think we are the shit, right? I am the shit, right? The problem with that thinking, you know all those people who say work really hard? How many of us think work really hard? Or we have heard work really hard? Have worked really hard, right? Right? You know the problem with working really hard? You're working with a brain. You're just you. And when you are just you, you can't go far. You only have those many hours in the day. You can only work that hard. Good luck thinking you're the most brilliant person on planet Earth. Even that person understands one big difference. It's not your brain that gets you what you want. It's your mind. Mind is not you going at it. Mind is us going at it. See, Juan had to show up because he was my who. Who is it that needs to come into your life for your desires to come true? Not a person. Don't give it a name because I know some of you will say, mind No, it's not a person. It's a character. It's characteristics. Sometimes it's a partner like Nita in my life. I don't know if she's here. I saw her some time ago, but if she is here, raise your hand. Yeah. A character. I didn't know Nita is going to show up, but since Nita has been in my life, I have maybe 200 X. because it's a character that needs to show up. It needs to be a who, who shows up. Ask yourself, who is it that I need to have by my side so I can 20x? Kaya's husband had to show up for her, the who she needed in her life for her to 20x. There are people in your life who are already showing up or will be showing up, but you need to know who that is for your brain to become your mind. Stop operating in silos. Stop operating just by yourself. The greatest gift you can give to yourself is the gift of relationship. Sometimes they're life partners. Sometimes they're business partners. Sometimes they're the right friend or a coach. But you got to know who. You got to write their characteristics so they can show up for you. And then the final thing, and I know that's the hard thing here, is the how. See, once we have this big desire, the unfortunate thing is, if I think about impacting 100,000 people, 100,000 coaches, I'll be fucking scared. It's a big desire. It's a very big desire, isn't it? At least for me, it's a very big desire. Maybe it's not for you. It's a very big desire. I get goosebumps, which also means I am scared. I'm scared shitless. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means for me. I don't know what that means for the world. I don't know how to do it. But that's exactly why I need to start thinking in Pathways Thinking. Pathways Thinking is to think that there is that destination I need to go to, but I need to first set the path and I need to start walking this path so I can get to that desire one day. But first, I need to start. I can't impact 100,000 coaches if I dare not even create a program. And that's where I was. In 2019, I dare not even create a program. I would have authors, trainers, but I would not write CBC even if my team told me so. I would not write it. I was like, no way. They kept telling me, you need to write it. You're so successful at it. Why don't you write it? I would dare not write it. But if I want to get there, I need to deal with this stuff first. What is your how? What is it that sets you on the course so you can get to what you truly desire? Is this resonating? Do you feel it? Do you feel you can have that desire? Do you feel you can have that desire? If you have a desire, claim it. And when you claim a desire, you don't claim it. You claim it. You declare it. So I want you to give me, if you are ready, to claim your desire. That's more like it. (laughs) Now I want to give you one last thing. And it is, there's a dance that we need to have with this big desire that we have in the end. See, when you write or experience or, you know, feel your big desire, there's going to be two words or one word that's very important to note. And that's the word called need. Need. I need this to happen. I need this to happen. I need this to be realized. Need. I want you to treat need almost as a dirty word now. See, need has the energy of scarcity. When you need something, it feels like I don't have it. You operate from this place. It feels, I need this. Anybody been a needy boyfriend or girlfriend until now? Or at least had a needy boyfriend or girlfriend? How did that feel? Amazing, right? It's terrible. You don't need your desires. You want your desires. You want to live in the abundance of desires. A little funny story. One of my desires that I declared two years ago was, I said, and funny, not funny, we will see. But two years ago. I had, uh, I had a moment that I shared with you when me and Ari were playing and I had a realization that I want to be a different version of myself health-wise. My desire was one day, and I'm sharing this also so you can feel how visceral, how real a desire sounds like, and how you can make it visceral and real if it's not real for you, is I, I said, as I take off my shirt, I'm watching myself in the mirror, my wife looks at me and says, what a sexy boy. I said that, and when I said that to myself, every day as I was feeling my desire, I was like, "Mm." I was having my body talk. The hollow body people know that. Yes, the hollow body people know what I talk about. I'm doing my body talk, and I'm telling myself, "Mm." and I take off my shirt. My wife looks at me and treats me like a piece of meat. (laughs) You get my point. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling myself that every day, and every day I feel it. Again, camera, (laughs) Mm bumps. And so... I still feel it. It could be just because of arousal, like Vishen was talking about, but you get my drift. So anyways, so I'm feeling it every single day. It's visceral, it's real for me. I, I want this for me to happen. Now, I don't want this Nita to really say that to me, but I want this to happen. It's a story in my mind. I've told this story myself a thousand times now because every day I would wake up, uh, tell myself this story. Just a few months ago, I am normally changing my clothes. Nita walks from behind, and she says, when I met you, touches my shoulder and goes, when I met you, you were a Pillsbury Doughboy. (laughs) Then touches my abs and goes, and now you're my sexy boy toy. (laughs) Is Nita in the room? I don't know if she's there. It sounds ridiculous to some of you. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Jit? But... The reason why I tell, even if it's a ridiculous story, at least sometimes when I tell it sounds ridiculous, I don't know if it is at all, but our desires are personal. You want to be sexy. Whatever sexy means for you, it doesn't have to mean what it means to me, but you want to be sexy. You want to be energetic. You want to have the money. You want the clients. You want the impact. You want to be seen. You want to be recognized. You want to have that impact in society. Why wouldn't you have it? Why would we negotiate that shit? So stop needing all that shit. Want it. All I have to say, To end this particular segment before we go into our beautiful closing ceremony, is that what I wish for you is when I see you a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, you have 20x to yourself. And that would be my present. Thank you.